This was a number of years ago. It was Fourth of July weekend, and we were up in Ohio and uh, on a lake in a pontoon boat. And you ever like come up on a, a situation and you look at it and you're like, "This is gonna be a good day." That's where we were. There were boats everywhere. It was crazy. But we get to kind of a, a cove area, and there is on a dock a band playing music. Right? I mean, it sounds good so far, right? And in the cove, out in the water, there are hundreds of boats anchored, moored to each other, tied up to each other, and it is a floating boat 4th of July party. I mean, how awesome does that sound? Life is good. And it was up in Ohio, so it wasn't like August 27th Georgia heat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whew. And so I quickly, you know, scout the area. We find a spot. I go, I pull up a seat. I grab out the anchor. I look at the knot. I toss it in the water. I tie it off on the boat. And the day has begun. And life is good. And five minutes later, the boat starts to drift. Okay, that's fine. I'll re-tie the line and we'll be good. And the boat continues to drift until we are inches from the boat next to us. I mean, we're floating. It wouldn't have done damn, but like something was wrong. And so I go and I grab the anchor line and I start pulling and I'm pulling really light. I mean, I work out, right? So it shouldn't be. No, there was nothing. And I got to the end of the line and there was nothing there. We threw the anchor in, and the knot came undone, and we were adrift, untethered. Right? I mean, we, we understand the point of an anchor, right? An anchor is what holds you, right? It's got to, you know, there's, I'm sure, some scientific engineer nautical stuff that says this is the right type of anchor, the right weight of anchor, all that stuff. I, I, I just knew it was in the thing, so I, I knew it was right. And so I threw it in, and, and it should hold, but it didn't. <laughs> Thanks, Emery. <laughs> it didn't. And the worst part of the day was we couldn't find it. So I put my tail between my legs, put the boat in gear, and we drove back to the dock <laughs> and missed the party. <laughs> what happens when you are untethered from the thing that holds you? Right, An anchor is what holds you. Jesus is the anchor. Amen? Jesus is the anchor. He holds always, forever. Jesus is the rock, right? He, he's the one that doesn't move, right? Hebrews tells us that he is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is strong enough. Amen? He's strong enough. And my hope is that as you look at your life, as you look at your past, and as you've seen dips in your story and challenging moments, you, you can recall and you can lean in on those moments and those times when Jesus was, in fact, an anchor for you. 
the wind and the waves of life, they are brutal and they come at you. Jesus holds. He's the rock. He's the shelter that we run to when the storms come. Jesus is the anchor. What I learned on the lake that fateful day, the anchor wasn't the problem. It's how I was hitched to it. How are you attached to your anchor? Right? Because of the way my mind works, I I went and following this, I did some research and I looked things up and I tried to do better so it wouldn't happen next time. And and most, and and you'll see this on the big ships, I mean, we were in a pontoon boat. It wasn't quite like an anchor feet to hold us in place. But, but most anchors, especially of bigger boats and big ships and things like that, they, they have the, the road line, which is the anchor line, which is the anchor, and then it's shackled with chain to the anchor, and then ultimately, at the end of the chain, it's attached to the rope, the line, right? And, and that way, because of the, the chain and the way it lies, but also the way it's locked into the anchor, it, 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 it doesn't move. It's hitched. It's locked in. In today's gospel, we hear Jesus ask the question of, what, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Messiah. To take that out of our church language, Peter said, you're the king. That's what Messiah means. It means you're the king. Christ means king. You're you're the king, Jesus. You're the king. You're the anchor that doesn't fold. You're, You're the shelter. You're the rock. You are the one that we run to, and you're the one that covers us and protects us. That's what kings do. Kings are in charge of their kingdom and making sure that things are good. Like in my, my neighborhood, I, I'm mostly concerned with my house, right? Like I'm cordial to my neighbors and I like my neighbors. But I'm in charge of my house. A king is in charge of the kingdom. A, a king makes sure that the welfare of all the re- reign, of all the region, of all the kingdom is provided for, is protected, is, is safe has what they need for daily life, is is moving together in the same direction. Jesus is the king. That's what Peter declares. Jesus is the anchor. The confession of recognizing and realizing who Jesus is and what he does and how he changes us. And that's... That's the anchor that holds your life. How are you hooked to him? That, that in our understanding, in the Lutheran tradition, our, our faith says that we get latched on to Jesus 
through what God does in baptism. That's our road line, our anchor line. Baptism isn't the anchor, Jesus is. But baptism is what links us in, ties us to, hitches our wagon to the rock. That no matter how bad the winds shake, no matter how big the waves rock and roll, no matter how stormy life gets, Jesus holds in the storm. You hear that? Even Gunnar agrees. It's beautiful, right? This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does. So we get to celebrate a baptism here soon. And and we don't know what's ahead for Gunnar. We don't know what his life is going to hold. We're excited about it. We're praying for it, right? I know his mom and his family are doing everything they can to to set him up and, and lead him forward. Today we're entrusting him into the nail-pierced hands of Jesus. I mean, there's beauty there. And the, the, the beauty and the glory of baptism is that the same is true for you. That even if you don't remember it, I was a month old when I was baptized. I don't remember a thing about it. But Jesus does. And maybe you don't think, remember a thing about your baptism. Jesus does. He does. And, and he has promised that he will hold you no matter what storms you go through, no matter where you go, even if it's to the other side of the world. He holds you. Always. On your best days, on your worst days, on every day in between. Every day in between. The the rest of the the gospel lesson today uh, tells Jesus, looks at Peter, and he, he changes his name, right? He's Simon Peter, and then he becomes Peter. On this rock... I'm going to build the church, right? The, the Greek play on words there is Peter means rock, right? And so there's something about what God did in Peter's heart to say and proclaim who Jesus is that, that, that Jesus recognized and celebrated and said, on you and on this confession, the church is going to, it's going to be built and grow and change and it's going to be a part of the kingdom and a part of the expanse of what God is doing among us. And, and Jesus looks at, at Peter and he, he talks in some strange language and says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's always a fun word. What's loosed, Right? Jesus looks at Peter and says, because of what God did in you and caused you to believe and profess, you get the keys to the city. This is a big deal. We call this the office of the keys. Typically when we talk about it, it's about the roles of pastor, right? That every Sunday we gather and I 
I proclaim to you, I, I forgive you of your sins, right? We did that a little bit ago. That's part of the office of the keys. Not, not that I'm forgiving you, but I've been uh, assigned and, and, and called and a part of the process and part of God's work. That, that, that's one of the things that I do as pastor. And if you want to know more about that, we can go and sit and talk about it and what a pastor is and what a pastor does. But I want to talk about you. Because you're a part of this, right? You, you confess Jesus thanks to the Holy Spirit. And, and so there's something that God gives you. There's something that Jesus calls you into that, that, that you have a role in binding and loosing. Do, do you know that? That, that as his royal subjects, as, as citizens of the king, you are his ambassadors in the world around us. Not quite yet, Gunner, soon soon, right? You are his ambassadors. That, that means that, that you and I, that, that part of what we're called to do and part of what we're called to, to be is, is people that bind the good things of Jesus in this world and loose, let go, free people from the junk of this world, right? What does it mean to bind means to attach. One of our calls as disciples of Jesus is to do our part and our role of instilling the good things of God in people. That's why we talk about love a lot. Not the mushy-gushy kind. The kind that changes lives. You're called to love. To give people good, to give people hope, to walk alongside of people when they're hurting and, and help them to see that, man, that there is a God and he's working and one of the ways he's working is through, through me coming to you now. That, that's what it means to bind on earth, to give people joy, to nurture hope. To give people the, the goods, the good things of God, to, to bind them. How are you sharing the goods this week? What will you do to give people the goods this week? That's, that's our call. It's who we are, that's what we do. Will you give the goods? We're also supposed to loose. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. I, 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 I don't know what that means. I don't know the grammar there. It's always been strange to me, but here's what I do know. Another place that this same Greek word appears is in the story of Lazarus as he's raised from the dead. You know that story in John 11? It's beautiful. Lazarus, a good friend of Jesus, has been dead for four days and Jesus is far away, and he comes, and he encounters Lazarus' sisters, and, and, and you know, they're weeping, there's, there's, there's pain, Jesus weeps, there's, it's just a beautiful story. And, and ultimately, at the end of the, the story, Jesus comes to the tomb, Lazarus has been dead for four days, and they, Jesus says, roll the stone away, and they're like, really? He's going to be stinky. 
They didn't really say that, but you know they thought it, right? We're not going to, no, what are you talking about? And he says, roll the stone away. And then he cries out in a loud voice, Lazarus comes out. And the dead man walks out of the tomb. It's beautiful. And then Jesus looks at the disciples that are there. And he says to them, unbind him and let him go. That's the same word for loosed, unbind. See, Jesus did what only Jesus can do. He raised the dead. You, you and I, that, that's above our pay grade, right? We, we can't do that. Jesus does what Jesus can do so that you can do what you can do. Do, do you know people that are hurting? Do you know people that are suffering? Do you know people that still have the stench of death on them, the stench of brokenness, the stench of addiction, the stench of, of all the stuff that, that burdens us, all the waves that crash on us in this life. Do, do you know people that, that maybe Jesus is working on them, but man, they're, they're still being clung to by the nastiness? Unbind him and let him go. Unbind him. Unbind her. Loose them from the things that hold them back so they can walk into the new life that Jesus has given. This is the call of the brothers and sisters who live under the King of Jesus. We are to lift up the good things of God, and we are to cut back and help release people from the things that try and suck them back into the storms, into the waves, into the depression, the addiction, the loneliness, all the, the sorrow, all the junk of this life. What can you do? What is God calling you to do? To unbind them and let them go. Now, to be clear, the disciples still had their own junk when they were given this mandate. They were still clinging to their broken ways. It's not like you need to get to a certain level before you can help unbind others. You don't need to have it all figured out in order to help and come alongside of somebody else. You just need to show up. That, that's part of our declaration, part of our living. As we confess the same thing Peter did. Jesus, you're the king. You're the king. You're the king. So help us to be your subjects. And live life the way you call us to. In the name of Christ. Amen.